What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. What's up, Wisconsin? Welcome to the third edition of Dairyland Talk Bucks with myself, Dylan Piccolo, and my good friend and fellow contributor over at Dairyland Express, TJ Bain. TJ, what's up, my man? How's it going? Another good week for the Bucks. Yeah, pretty good week. Uh, how you doing today? Not too bad. Uh, enjoying. It's Monday morning here, or Tuesday morning, and uh, just... Uh, you know, watch the Bucks have a very nice victory again against Denver last night. Um, but let's start at the beginning of uh, our week, um, which started last Wednesday when the Bucks lost to the Memphis Grizzlies, one sixteen to one thirteen, um, at the Pfizer Forum. The Milwaukee Bucks, uh, I believe, it was their first home loss this season. Um, I. The Bucks just got Memphis Grizzlied. I mean, yeah. You know, I, I, there's no really other way to put it. Um, you know, when Marcus All has 29, Mike Conley has 26, and they get and Shelvin Mack gives you 15 off the bench. I mean, that's gonna put you into a lot of games. And I think that the Bucks just, I don't know. I don't think they just brought it that night. And I get that Memphis can really get you out of your game, but that uh you know and they shot 25 percent from three nine to 35 so those are the games that we're gonna see throughout the season all right they don't have their shot on that night um can they find other ways to win because when it comes down to playoffs and it comes down to crunch time you're gonna have to find other ways to win because the good defensive teams will be trying to take away the bucks three-point shot and kind of stunt their rhythm um, what do you think the Bucks could have done better against the Grizzlies in terms of kind of maintaining their rhythm? Like, is there a way that a team can get through that when a defense tries to stop them? I'm, you know, I'm assuming the great ones do, like the Warriors and teams like that of that nature. But do the Bucks have what it takes to fight through that? Yeah, I think they do. I mean, they they've come back from a lot of. Uh you know, sluggish starts, especially this game, you know, they, they just need to start playing with more energy. Just like coach Mike said, you know, you got to play with more energy. They have to execute a lot more, you know, especially when they go cold at night, they need to start driving to the basket more, you know, instead of hit, trying to hit the three, realize when you're cold, just, you know, switching up your game a little bit. You know, that's what, you know, Giannis had 31, you know, Milton had 25. So it's just, they just need to learn how to finish and just come, and have a better start to the game. 
Yeah, and I don't want to get people confused saying that the Bucks played bad because I don't think they played very bad. They scored 113 points and their season average is 120. So they're seven points off. And I'm sorry, but the Grizzlies aren't really good, aren't necessarily in my eyes going to have a game like that. They shot over 50% from the field and 38 from deep. Sheldon Mack was absolutely on fire that night. Um, former Butler star uh, hit three threes as well, uh, six rebounds, five assists. Um, but you know, I think that it's just a game that the Bucks need to win. Um, you know, and we're pick- nitpicking. Uh, they've been unbelievable. They're twelve and four after last night's victory against Denver. But I think that um, starting out fast, like you said, has been an issue the last three uh, three games this week. Uh, the Bucks have lost every first quarter, um, and they just haven't started out good i think defenses um are starting to kind of swing to their tendencies a little bit uh you know early in the season with a new system new players it's going to take coaches and assistant coaches other staffs you know there's a little bit of time right there where you can kind of go unnoticed uh to another team before they've really done their homework on you and figured out what kind of makes your offense tick and how can we slow them down as best as possible so, I mean, I'm not too concerned about the uh, loss at Pfizer Forum. The Bucks played well. It was kind of a, it was a Wednesday night game at 8 o'clock it started. So, I'm not too concerned about that. Um, but uh, you, uh, we learned something about um, John Henson that game. Uh, TJ, why don't you take that away? Yeah, so it appears that John Henson has a, a ligament tear in his left wrist. He actually... Uh... Uh, went to the doctors after the Memphis game and said that he was feeling discomfort and they discovered it. He actually played on it for three games before uh, saying say anything to the doctors. So it looks like John Henson will be out for 12 weeks. Yep. And that is a pretty big loss for the Bucks. Uh, didn't never really thought that I would say John Henson was a super big loss for the Bucks, but nevertheless, he, uh, he was, um, and he kind of just, He's not necessarily a big loss if Don Maker can play up to uh, a decent level. Um, it's not any news to anyone that the Bucks center position was actually the worst in basketball last year with Don Maker and John Henson at the center position. Um, obviously, now that Brooke Lopez is there, there's, you know, however, 20, 30 minutes a game where you're going to be pretty set in that center position. But does this change the Bucks' um, rotations more? Do you think that Budenholzer are trust on um, to be there in those clutch third quarter situations? I know he makes a lot of big plays, a lot of blocks, but for every block and um, good play, there's kind of a head scratching play that he does. Um, as well, so do you think that we're going to be seeing in crunch time more Thon Maker during this time um, with Brooke Lopez when Brooke Lopez is off the floor? Or do you think that we're going to be seeing more of that modified small ball lineup with um, Giannis and, you know, Ursan or Giannis and, uh, you know, I mean, Christian Wood even now? Yeah, I mean, I can see Giannis playing the five position at some games. I mean, uh, this season he's like, what, 85% of his field goal makes are inside, you know, the restricted area. So I can definitely see Giannis playing in the center for some games. But, yeah, I mean, Coach – Coach is going to give Thon a, a chance. I mean, he said after the game, 
you know, he knows it's his time to really step up and show coach and the team that he can, you know, have a bigger role on the team. And I think he will. I think if you give a young player a chance like this, he, he, he'll shine in these uh, opportunities. You're not asking him to be a starter. You're just asking him to come in, produce a good 20 minutes. And I think he's very capable of doing that. I think so. I think Thon can go in there and do what he can do. Uh, he just has to be in a rhythm. If he's in a rhythm, he's a pretty dynamic player, actually, uh, offensively and defensively. I mean, I know we saw Giannis and him looking for his uh, block that went into the <laughs> yeah. stands. Where'd he go? Uh, yeah, and you know, and we saw it in the playoffs with Thon, but we've just been searching for consistency. And uh, you know, if you could get another one of your first round picks that actually turn out to be something. Um, you're looking at a pretty good situation when it comes to cap flexibility too, because if you have these players that aren't making John Henson, Delhi, Tony Snell, that kind of basketball purgatory of money, that four for 10, four for 40 type deal, 10 million a year, um, then you're, you're probably in good shape moving forward. Um, Let's move on to game number two of this week. Uh, that was the Bucks hosting the Bulls and Jabari Parker's return to Milwaukee. And wow, um, yeah. what a game. Uh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> Jabari Parker came out absolutely fast and was on a mission to start out the game. I believe he had 15 points in the first quarter, I think. Maybe. Yeah, he was I going off. He was going off. And you know, he he played well the first quarter and kind of, sh you know, shell-shocked the Bucks. I mean, they were down, what, let's see, 63 to – I'm not very good at math, so excuse me. Okay. It'd be like, what, about 45, like 62 to 45, something yeah, like that? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, 45. Now this math is easy. Um, <laughs> and it kind of shell-shocked Bucks fans, but – um, in the third quarter, as we've seen uh, many times this year, the Bucks came out and put their foot down and showed that we're the better team. And uh, they pretty much, uh, honestly, they pretty much wrapped it up in the third quarter with a 46 to 17 third quarter lead um, to kind of put it out of reach. Because if you look at the Bucks starters, no Bucks starter played over 31. Uh, 31 minutes. Giannis played 31 minutes and 37 seconds. Oh, excuse me. Chris Middleton played 33 minutes. But any night you're getting those guys in at 33 minutes or under, you're in good shape. Really yeah, good shape. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, the Bucks dominated in the paint, 52 points uh, in the paint compared to the Bulls, 38. I mean, Giannis just took over. And like he said, Coach Mike was, uh, how do you put it, very angry at halftime. And message was delivered apparently to said Giannis. He was said coach was very angry at the team for having a no no effort, no energy, and they they came out and almost dropped fifty in one quarter. So it it, it just goes to show you how much these players respect Mike uh, Coach Mike so much, you know, and would run through a wall for him. And that's the type of chemistry that you want from between coach and player to really have an elite team. And I don't really think the Bucks are playing that well yet. Honestly, I think the Bucks are playing good, but I don't think everyone on the Bucks roster is playing great yet. I don't think Giannis has played very good. I don't think Brogdon has played very good. Uh, I mean, you've gotten – I don't think Ursan's necessarily been that effective. Um, but 
you know, Pat Connaughton, he's been playing great minutes. Tony Snell, he's been playing pretty good minutes. 11 points against the Bulls. I mean, 5 of 7 shooting. I think that, you know, when it comes to the Bucks, you got to look at where you're getting your points from and how often does that come on a consistent night. You got to expect Giannis and Chris to probably get you probably close to 50 points a game. That's probably your benchmark. But then when Eric Bledsoe's coming with an additional 25 on 10 of 13 from the field and 3 of 5 from deep, that's a whole other ball game. You can't stop that. When you have three guys coming out there relentlessly. And you call me crazy, but I think Eric Bledsoe has been the MVP of the Bucks so far this season. I mean, he's definitely a well. See, the Bucks have an intriguing uh, situation for this all season when it comes to him, though, because is he a max player? You know, it, what kind of contract should he sign? You know, the way that he's playing this year, every team is taking notice of Eric Bledsoe. That is yeah. for sure. And I think his physicality. I mean, you look at last year; he was kind of thrusted into a a poor situation when it comes to coaching with, you know, Jason Kidd at the time, then Joe Prunty and kind of that whole mess and not knowing how to use each the coaches were not knowing how to use each one of the bucks, three superstars. And now you add insert, you know, Lopez into the starting lineup, Connaughton off the bench, Ilyasova. I mean, we're starting to see here with this bucks team in evolution. We're starting to see, like you said, respect between the bucks players and Budenholzer, which is leading to on-court chemistry and is leading to getting the most out of all these players because when it comes down to it, that's what we got Mike Budenholzer to do. Get the most out of each one of these players that have been underperforming. Now, Delhi, not lost cause. That is just wasted money that's just sitting out there. But with Thon and Tony Snell and even John Henson when he was healthy, three out of the four players that were a pure negative on your roster last year in terms of both value and salary like to making 10 million dollars a year not to do anything really significant but to slide into a more of a bench role where they're focused on doing the little things that they do right you're getting value out of that pick and that's what having Budenholzer does he just turned net asset net net um you know negatives on your roster and turn them into assets yeah i just you know the go back to what you were saying about you know Dell you know he he is you know it's a big contract for not a lot of minutes no production and I I, I wonder if the Bucks will try to trade him before the deadline or just kind of just not mess with the roster at all because of how well they're playing and just wait till the you know off season to try to get rid of that to have some cap space for the off season. Yeah, I think they're in a kind of a little predicament right now um, in terms of Phoenix. That trade we made for Eric Bledsoe with Greg Monroe, that first round pick that was protected. Um, I, I, you know, I'm not 100% certain on the um, circumstances of that trade, um, the protections on that, but I believe that that could be hindering the Bucks' ability to get Delhi off the books because you're going to have to sweeten the team to take Delhi off the books. And I mean, there are teams that are going to be looking to get cap space and will take an expiring contract perhaps to give you maybe a guy that they're not happy with, but maybe fits more on the Bucks roster. Um, but in terms of right now, I like where this roster is. I think that everyone is kind of 
joining in. I, I, I would say that I would like another backup point guard uh, because I think Brogdon, um, I think he's good at the two and I think he's good at the one. Um, he's flexible at both, but if we can, I want to see what it's like when he's just focused on one thing, because at a six, five at six, five at a point guard spot, he could be pretty dominant when it comes to bringing the ball up, getting you in their offenses. And I think we've seen how good of a finisher Malcolm Brogdon has been this year. Yeah. I mean, I, I wrote an article talking about if he's a max player or not, you know, there's going to be a lot of teams looking at Malcolm Brogdon it, you know, the Bucks just have a very, you know, interesting offseason on their hands. You know, you got Eric Bledsoe, Malcolm Brogdon sitting there at the guard positions all on one year contract. So, it, you know, the trade deadline is going to be intriguing for this team. Will they try to dump some salary? Will they just try to make a push and keep it how it is? Or, you know, try to see if they can get some picks for the draft. You know, you never know. But I honestly think they'll just stay as it is. I mean, and just try to sign everybody and just try to convince, you know, Bledsoe and Brogdon to stay on a lower contract, like, hey, look what we got building here. So I, I, I could see the front office making some moves. Absolutely. And I think we'll have to wait and see until the trade deadline happens. I don't foresee uh, any Eric Bledsoe side. I mean, who knows? With Bradley Beal and John Wall on the move, I know it's – and my friend uh, Alexander Juno. um, who does stuff over at cream city central had tweeted that, um, you know, I couldn't find, I think he said, I couldn't find any way that to get Beal to Milwaukee based on ESPN's trade machine. So it's going to be definitely, (laughs) I mean, trust me though, if the bucks acquired Bradley Beal and moved him to that shooting guard position and moved Brogdon to the bench, you're definitely, honestly, you're talking about a for real, for real championship contender. And I know that's all hypothetical and, you know, who knows if that would ever happen. Um, But crazier things have happened. Um, So let's move on to last night's game uh, against the Denver Nuggets. The second time in, I think it was maybe 11 days, eight days, we played the Nuggets. Um, This time at Pfizer Forum, um, the Bucks defeated the Nuggets 104-298 in kind of a similar fashion that they that they beat the um, the Bulls. They fell back in the first half, getting down almost 17 points, uh, and then outscoring the um, bu- the Nuggets by 16 points in the second half. Um, are we starting to get a point with these Bucks where they can get down by uh, a decent amount, and you still feel comfortable that they can come back at least at home? Uh, well, I can't believe I'm about to say this. About a player that had 29 points, 12 rebounds, and six assists, two in two steals. But man, I wish Giannis could start hitting his shots a little bit more. You know, he was 0, 0 for six from the three point line. I just, you know, he's he's driving to the basket a lot. But I think the teams would fear him a lot more if he could start hitting his three. And I think the Bucks overall would would not fall back as much if he started hitting his shots more. More teams are going to start you know, taking the charge on Giannis and then it's going to start slowing down. So I wish he would start hitting a shot more. And if he does that, I'm not worried about them coming back whatsoever. Yeah, it was another questionable, uh, not questionable, but a little down shooting night for the Bucks. 11 of 36. Um, Giannis's six uh, misses on six attempts didn't help that whatsoever. Um, you know, in terms of Giannis's shot, 
um, you know, I coach high school basketball. I, you know, played a little at college. And from my vantage point and my I'm just gonna disclaimer, I'm not putting out myself as an expert or anything. I see the rhythm of his shot as the problem. Right when he catches the ball, there is a problem with his form because he has to think about shooting it. That's mm. what it, he's not confident enough where he can get it and he can just pull it. He thinks about it. He looks at the defender and then he'll go up. Not only does that give defenders time to close, but it sets your whole jump shot out of rhythm. I think his jump shot kind of takes a little bit too long for my liking. Um, and I know, you know, I'm not comparing his, him as, as skill-wise to Kevin Durant, but body type, look how Kevin Durant, for how long he is, look how quick he gets his shot up. And I know he's been shooting his whole life, and he's perfected that. And Giannis, relatively new to the game of basketball still at this point, at this level, um, and to what this – you know, what his physical tools say, obviously he's going to be a dynamic player. Like you said, 85% of his points in the restricted zone, but he's just got to be smoother with it. He's just got to go up with it. Shoot it, dude. I mean, he definitely got six of them up. He missed them all, but you got to start seeing some makes here. Um, because right now, early in the season, you're starting to get, see his confidence dwindle in that three point shot. And that's not what you can have. Um, so, you know, I'd encourage Budenholzer, run a couple plays for him off a curl to get a nice shot, get him a couple mid-rangers to get going, but he needs to definitely focus on getting his shot up in a more timely fashion, and I think the urgency will create a little more rhythm within his jump shot. Yeah, he'll he'll become unguardable almost if he starts, you know, hitting those jump shots, and I think he will. He's, he's at that weird stage right now where he's going to start really pushing – you know, pushing the envelope and really trying to make an MVP. So I think he'll start hitting those shots, and that's what's going to make him so scary and dominant in the league. What do you have to say about um, the Bucks kind of separating themselves here uh, in the last, you know, in the last few, uh, in the last few games here? Three and zero, kind of what we expected from the Bucks within this span, or two and one, excuse me in this three-game stretch uh, with the loss of the Grizzlies. Uh, kind of what we were expecting for the Bucs um, to do. Um, but, you know, you've definitely seen some other teams sort of uh, sort of fall off the wagon here. Um, to, you know, Boston's 9-8. and eight. They seem like they're struggling with Gordon Hayward back, uh, trying to get him, you know, assimilated into their offense. Uh, Philly's not played that well. Toronto's pretty good but they've lost a couple of games what do you uh what do you think of the terms of how the bucks stand up in the hierarchy of the eastern conference well i mean i actually you know i was looking at the nba uh power rankings for espn and they actually have them at two on you know above the warriors yep. this week which which i i agree with because you know, it says that their uh, Milwaukee ranks number two and number five in offensive and defense efficiency. Efficiency. So, I mean, only Bucks and Raptors are the only two teams that uh, rank in top five in both. So, it, this team is one of the most dominant teams in the league, and I think they are number two. I mean, it's just the Raptors, them, and maybe the Warriors. But yeah, they're definitely the second best team in the East, and 
most definitely the second best team in the league. I'm not giving I'm not putting Toronto ahead of Milwaukee. I think the Bucks are the best team in the NBA right now of what we've seen. Um you know, the Bucks have beaten Toronto. The Buck and let's get it straight here with these losses the Bucks have had. These four losses the Bucks have had this season. So you have four point loss to the Celtics on the road. 15 points at Portland. Two points against the Clippers and three points against the Grizzlies. So these mar- the, the margin, the Clippers and the Grizzlies are both 11 and 5. The Bucks three losses to the Western Conference teams are all tied for first place in the Western Conference right now. 11 and 5, 11 and 5 and 11 and 5 Lakers, Memphis, Portland. So they're losing to quality teams. Portland's good. You go into Portland and Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum start getting hot, and especially CJ McCollum when he starts rolling, it's over. You can't do anything about that. But that's going to happen in the NBA. It's an 82-game season. And then they lost to Boston, who has all-stars on their team. Yeah, they've been kind of, you know, not great. But the Bucs have had chances to win those games. They had chances to win the Lakers, the Clippers game. They had chances to win the Grizzlies game. And they had chances to win the Boston game. So think about it. One bad game the Bucs have played in their first 16. Where were we last season with this Bucs team? I don't even want to know where we were after 16 games. I'm sure it's not like this. So we're, <laughs> no. we're, the Bucks are changing the narrative of what team, what others are thinking about them. And you're starting to see it in these power rankings. I was listening to um, NBA uh, Sirius Radio, and they were Bucks were ranked second as well, and Toronto was ranked number one. But I think it's pretty up for debate uh, about who, where Toronto and the Bucks um, actually kind of rank out. Um, I think, you know, the Warriors obviously are, you know, a little difficult. But, I mean, listen to this. Like, (laughs) Toronto lost by 16 at home to the Pelicans, by 2 to the Pistons, and by, um, you know, 7 to the Celtics, and, of course, um, 15 to the Bucks. So, I don't understand how people are putting Toronto ahead of them, really. Um, especially if you look at, if you really start breaking down who they played, uh, you know, you're seeing a lot of Cavaliers, Wizards, Hornets, uh, T-Wolves, Mavs type teams, Suns, you know, Kings. So they're not really playing any world beaters. While if you look at the Bucks schedule, I think they're playing against some pretty dominant com- competition. Um, so uh, before we wrap this up, I'd like to do our superlatives for the week. I want to know who you're. Week three, I guess it is for us. MVP is for the Milwaukee Bucks. Well, I guess I'll go with Giannis. I'll just take the simple route. You know, he was just dominant all week. You know, 30, 30 points almost every game or almost 30 points every game. A double-double. He's a walking triple-double, you know. So Giannis is, is my MVP of the week. I'm going to have to go with who I mentioned earlier as my MVP of the week, Eric Bledsoe. Eric Bledsoe has been absolutely on fire, um, you know, doing it in pretty efficient fashion, shooting um, over 50% two times in this stretch, um, you know, plus 16 against Memphis. Um, he, you know, obviously led the team in scoring with 25 on 70, 77% shooting against the Bulls and a plus 19. Eric Bledsoe has been getting this offense going, and he's been feeling it. 
when it comes to him getting to the basket as well. And 23, I mean, 15, 25, and 23 over the week for Eric Bledsoe, who's really maybe the most important player on this Bucks roster. If they, if he can give them solid third man numbers on a night, night in and night out basis, he can start to be what the Bucks need to push themselves into that upper echelon for good and not just for the time being. Um, all right. So uh, what the Bucks have moving forward um, this week, they have a game on Wednesday against Portland where they'll try to get back, uh, you know, after suffering that 15 point loss to them at Portland. Um, and then they'll host on consecutive nights, uh, the Suns and the Spurs. So DeMar DeRozan will be cool to see DeAndre Ayton. Um, I have tickets to all three of these games, actually. So that'll be a fun week for me. Um, what do you think? Uh, and the, on Monday, they go to Charlotte again, where they snuck away with a one point victory over the Hornets. Um, what can you expect in this four game stretch for the Bucks here uh, from Wednesday to Monday? I I see them going three and one. You know, Trailblazers are kind of struggling. The Suns are a uh, bottom tier team, but a young bottom tier team. Like they're you know they can win any night. So I, I respect to the Suns and Spurs are the Spurs. I mean, but the Hornets are the ones that I'm most intrigued with. Kemba Walker is going off this year, so that's going to be a fun game to watch. Yeah, I think Kemba Walker is. Unreal. I watched him play last night against the Celtics and he was hitting some, some massive, massive shots. Um, so it was, uh, impressive to see that I could see the bucks as well going, uh, three and one during this span. Um, I think that, you know, I think if the bucks continue to go three and one, they'll be in good shape. That's what it comes down to. So if they just keep winning these games, I think they will be, end up being in good shape. Um, but so three and one is where we're both at. I think that's very feasible. Um, so, well, I guess that uh, wraps it up for this edition of Dairyland Talk. I uh, want to thank TJ Bain as always for joining me. Uh, had some great stuff over at Cream City Center or at uh, Dairyland Express, and um, you can check him out on Twitter at Top Rated Sports. Uh, my name is Dylan Piccolo. Um, you check me out on Twitter at DP double underscore hoops. Check me out as well at Dairyland Express. We want to thank you for listening to the podcast. Please rate and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. You can search Dairyland Talk as well. Check out our Twitter page, Dairyland Express on Twitter. To check out the latest on the Brewers, Badgers, Bucks, and Packers. Um, kind of going into uh, basketball season here as the Packers aren't playing very well. So we want to thank you again and have a fantastic rest of your day. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.